0: Welcome to my mommy's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Flying Embers, a better-for-you alcohol brand that brews hard kombucha with probiotic-powered hard seltzer. All of their products are zero sugar, zero carbs, USDA-certified organic, and brewed with live probiotics and adaptogens. They're also all keto, gluten-free, vegan, and low in calories. So they're a great option for a functional, low-calorie, drink that is delicious. I love their flavors, they have some really unique ones like grapefruit thyme and guava jalapeno. And I'm a big fan of their clementine hibiscus. All of their products are artfully crafted with a dry fermentation process, which gives the hard kombucha a perfectly balanced natural sweetness that tastes amazing despite having zero sugar and carbs. We've worked out an exclusive deal just for you. Receive 15% off your whole order, to claim this deal, go to flyingembers.com forward slash wellnessmama and use code wellnessmama at checkout. That's F-L-Y-I-N-G-E-M-B-E-R-S dot com slash wellnessmama. And the discount is only available on their website. will be applied at checkout. Um, they're also available nationwide at grocery stores, anywhere you find beer and hard seltzers. But check out where to find them and get the discount flyingembers.com forward slash wellnessmama. This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley. They are my go to source for grass fed, probiotic rich beef sticks, and now some of my favorite supplements as well. I always keep their beef sticks on hand for my kids and for me for snacks, and now I make sure that we're never without their vitamin C complex as well. It's made with three of their most concentrated natural sources of vitamin C amla berry, kamu berry, and unripe acerola cherry. Each nutrient Pack serving delivers 750% of your daily recommended intake of vitamin C from food sources. This amount is meant to help you thrive, not just survive with the recommended minimum. Most other vitamin C supplements are derived from GMO corn and only contain one fraction of the vitamin, ascorbic acid. Their essential C complex contains the entire spectrum of vitamin C with absolutely no synthetic vitamin C at all, just organic food-based superfoods check it out and check out all of their products. Save 15% on all of them by going to paleovalley.com slash mama. Again, that's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com slash mama, M-A-M-A, to save 15%. Hello, and welcome to the Wellness Mama podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com and wellness.com. That's wellness with an E on the end, my new line of personal care products. And this episode is especially for moms and especially um, any moms who have struggled with things like incontinence or pelvic floor health or any other postpartum issues related to those or who maybe even years post children have trouble doing things like jumping on the trampoline or um, sneezing too hard, things like that. And I'm here with Wendy Powell who founded something called Mootu systems, and it, this is a globally recognized uh, system for helping really reverse these issues and she 's a globally recognized voice on equality and empowerment when it comes to women 's health she 's been doing this for two decades and This program has been trusted by 75,000 women worldwide, helping them recover from all kinds of pelvic floor issues, incontinence, diastasis recti, and so much more. And her message in this podcast and her practical advice is that it it is not normal. It is not lifelong. These issues do not have to be permanent. And in fact, they might be much easier to solve than you'd expect. And there's many other benefits as well when we address these issues in a holistic way that supports the body. And she goes deep on how some of the current advice can actually be not just not helpful, but counterproductive for really helping these issues. So I think if these are issues that have ever affected you, you'll learn a lot from this episode. And with that, let's join Wendy. Wendy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to jump in on this topic today because I think it's one that affects many women and that isn't really talked about enough. Other than kind of in a joking sense, we hear people talk about you know women saying they can't jump on a trampoline after having kids or they can't if, you know they if they laugh or sneeze they pee, but. I think it's just kind of a kind of joked about accepted thing when it comes to postpartum and I wonder if it doesn't have to be but to start broad walk us through the impact of this on people in their personal lives and their relationships and mental health because I know it's a
1: thing I hear other moms joke about a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. You're so right, Katie. It's something that incontinence and, and when I incontinence to, to be clear, that means, um, I'm talking about if you pee yourself a little or a lot at any time when you don't want to be. So I think often we hear the word incontinence and we kind of think of, old ladies and we think you know that, that will will me peeing a little bit when i sneeze that's not the same thing so i'm talking about not being able to hang on to pee or worse when you need to hang on to it okay so if that's happening to you at any time in your in your life then then that's what we're referring to here and you're so right we joke about it it's as if peeing when you sneeze or laugh is part of being a mom, right? We're, we're, ex- we're expected to just accept this, to just go with it. Well, what do you expect? You had children. And it affects us hugely. It affects obviously our sort of physical comfort, but it affects our mental health and our how we feel about ourselves. This is about basic dignity and function. So, if we're worrying whether or not we can get to the bathroom quick enough or whether we will, or even adjusting social schedules or, or invitations that we might get because we're worried we may not be close enough to a bathroom, this is affecting Everything. This is affecting our life, our social life, our relationships, our ability to, to just move and, 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 and be and live and be active in the way that we want to be. So if you're avoiding, whether it be anything from an exercise class to a social situation or, or anything like that, because you're afraid you're going to wet yourself, then... This is an issue, and as you say, it is not just a physical one, and it's definitely not a joke, and it is fixable, um, and it is really affecting our, our well being and our self esteem. It goes way beyond just the physical. Yeah, I agree. There's got there's a lot more implications
0: than just the physical. But to explain on the physical level, certainly this is a thing. I know not only women experience after postpartum; it happens in other situations as well. But it is very common uh, after having children. What is happening physiologically in the body that Makes this more common?
1: Sure. So, as you say, it's most often associated with post baby, um, whether immediately post baby or sometime post baby. But incontinence or leaking is something that have, can affect women at all times during their life. And certainly as we get older and head into perimenopause and menopause, when hormone changes there might make that more likely. So, what's actually going on is The muscles of the pelvic floor, their job, amongst other things, is to hold in what you want held in until you're ready for it to let go. Now, we often and traditionally have always been told that pelvic floor exercises consist essentially of squeezing, right, Kegels. So, If we have ever been given any information about pelvic floor exercises, what you're told to do is squeeze and squeeze and hang on. Um, Often women are advised to squeeze as if you're trying not to pee. Now, the result of that is that when we're doing that a lot is that you end up with a situation, and this is very often a cause of, of, of stress or other types of incontinence, is when those muscles, those muscles of your pelvic floor are what we call hypertonic, that means too tight. So in actual fact, very often, your leaking is not because your pelvic floor muscles are too slack, if you like, too loose, but often they're too tight. So to explain that, if, for example, you want to use your bicep muscle. And if you imagine you're you're flexing your bicep, yeah, you're curling curling your arm up and flexing your bicep. Now, if your bicep is in that contracted, switched on position, if you now need your bicep, it's got nowhere else to go. And that is exactly what's happening to many, many women's pelvic floors. So an unconscious or subconscious holding on, squeezing, um, often long term, because they might be worried about losing control, is actually having the effect of a, a set of muscles that is permanently or often already engaged, already contracted. So therefore, when they need those muscles to hang on before they can get to the bathroom, there's nowhere else for them to go and they don't work. That is why a, a scenario that will be familiar to many, to many women of, for example, you get to your front door, you put the key in the lock and instantly, okay, I've got to, I've got to be in the bathroom now you know that kind of that that urgency that urgency of there's no time between me realizing i need to go and, and it being too late that's a, that's what's called urgent continence and is often associated with a hypotonic pelvic floor and then equally there may also be an issue with muscles being too slack or too loose so when we do pelvic floor exercises and when we teach them effectively we really need to be really helping women to understand what should it feel like when we do them right and to focus as much on the ability for those muscles to release and relax as much as they need to contract and engage. So there's a lot going on there. There isn't one cause of that leaking. It it, it can come from a number of different issues. And there are other um, deeper issues like um, trauma, whether that be from, from the birth itself or from something else that has happened to you. There are many reasons why those muscles may be too engaged, too switched on, hypertonic, and therefore Ineffective. So there's a lot of things contributing, but what we need to do to get past it is to really educate women on how to effectively perform those pelvic floor exercises and understand what it feels like when you get them right.
0: So let's go deeper on that. I'm guessing there's definitely things we should be doing in the postpartum phase that can be helpful and probably things that should be avoided in that phase as well. But is there any kind of like preemptive work that can be done pre birth that can be helpful as well? Or where should women start on? starting to address this?
1: Absolutely, there is. So the answer to that is, is very much start where you are. So wherever you are right now, that's the, that's the right place. But um, absolutely, we can start to, to address these issues before, before we get pregnant or during pregnancy. What very often happens post-birth, so regardless of what, sort of, what, sort of, what your birth actually looks like, if your birth was a, um, was a vaginal birth, for, for instance, you are likely to feel in the early Um, days weeks or or even longer um, a lack of sensitivity or sensation around those muscles working similarly if you had a c-section birth it is likely that there will be a lack of sensation and sensitivity and and connection with with engaging your core muscles which includes your pelvic floor around your c-section site so the more that we can start understanding what that feels like before that happens the better because there is that you we often hear that the term muscle memory that it exists it's if we know how it feels to engage our to engage and work and release and relax our pelvic floor and core before we go through that process all the better so wherever you're at right now is the right place to start and in terms of what to avoid um and this would apply during pregnancy and certainly in the postpartum period is Anything that is high impact is, of course, going to exert that extra force and impact on your pelvic floor. So um, anything like running, jumping, high impact exercise is unlikely to be a very good idea during pregnancy or in the early postpartum period because you're, you're just putting too much force and load on the pelvic floor muscles, which need time to recover and strengthen again.
0: That makes sense. And I think not that women are necessarily jumping into those things, but I do think that in society today, like there is this kind of expectation that at six weeks, all normal activity can resume and you should be able to do high intensity and you should be back to where you were pre-pregnancy. And certainly I haven't seen that in other cultures around the world. It seems like a lot of other cultures have much more respect for the recovery and the length of the postpartum period. Do you find that as well? Or is that specific more to the U.S. that we see that?
1: I totally agree with you that to assume or imply that six weeks after having a baby, we should be in, in quotations back to where we were is is clearly ludicrous. Um, you know, you, you were pregnant for nine months, for goodness mistake. you know, it, it takes, we, we need to recover from that. And there is a, as you say, a, a, a very unrealistic and I think damaging um, expectation given from, whether it be from social media, from our culture generally, that we are supposed to be getting our body back, that we are supposed to be um, back to where we, we we once were, within literally just just weeks of giving birth, it's totally unrealistic. Our body is not ready to do that. I think it's important to note that it it's not saying for a minute that you will never do those exercises. You know, if you were a, if you're let's say you were a runner and you love to run and that that's your 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 happy place, both mentally and physically, don't don't sort of please don't feel oh i'll never run again absolutely you will but you need to build those foundations first and so to to sort of go back into that too soon or before you've kind of done that restorative work is going to cause leaking and to continue doing something that is causing you to leak is not going to stop you leaking it's we need to back up Um, it's very much what we what we do at moti system it's about building those foundations and backing up to a point where we reconnect and rebuild so that we can move forward and, and lift, jump, dance, pole dance, whatever it is you want to do. You can do all those things, but we need strong foundations.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important and, and not, like I said in the beginning, not talked about or given enough Focus, especially, and it's hard. I get completely for moms that first six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, six months is an exhausting phase. And so it's hard to take care of yourself at all. I get it. But I have also seen firsthand, I've had six kids that certainly recovery doesn't happen in six weeks. And especially for after multiple pregnancies, it was years. My youngest is almost five. And I feel like, not that my body is like it was pre kids, but I feel like I'm finally in a place where I can do all of those activities without any issues at all, just not even incontinence, but like my hips finally feel more stable. There's so much that goes along with all of the changes that come from having a baby. Um, Another area that is kind of looped in with that six-week timeline is the topic of intercourse postpartum or after having a baby. And typically, I think six weeks is when a normal checkoff is given for that as well. But are there any specifics related to that that women need to be aware of or cautious of?
1: Absolutely. And I think sort of discomfort or even pain during intimacy during intercourse post baby is very common and sadly as you say like it like incontinence like leaking not really talked about that expectation on women to get back to um a place um where where they once were or where they feel they should be or where others feel they should be should not be rushed and i think the 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 most important message there is to to listen to your body and to respect your body and to to go easy on yourself, to be kind to yourself, to, to work with your partner during that. You, owe, you don't owe anybody anything. If you're not ready, you're not ready. And I think what's important as well around that pelvic floor conversation and muscle conversation is the reason why that might hurt, why sex might hurt, why intercourse might not be comfortable. there could be many reasons for that, so first i 'll say that that there could be that there could be many issues contributing to that situation, but something that will not certainly be helping is that situation I, I, I mentioned before of that hypertonicity that, that, that not quite recovers, not relaxing and releasing as well as its working pelvic floor so again, if things if if you're tense if you're anxious if you're not feeling good about your body if you're not feeling good in your body so this is where the physical and the emotional both come into play here and what you end up with is a very real physiological disconnection and when we disconnect we we're we're no longer communicating with if you like those muscle groups we're not we're not working with them we're trying to work against them so whether whether it's intercourse or whether it's running there is nothing that we should be forcing our body through pain discomfort anxiety we never should be working through those things we should just pushing on through what we should always be doing is backing up and being gentle with ourselves but pelvic floor work and restoration can very much help with that with that um, postpartum discomfort or or pain even with with intercourse it can really help because what you're doing is you're reteaching the pelvic floor to to be more flexible to work both in terms of contraction and in terms of release and that's really really important but I would say that the biggest piece of advice I would give around this issue is time give yourself kindness give yourself time there's no rush
0: Yeah. And what a metaphor for life, I think, especially as moms, that's good advice across the board, but especially in this area as well. A lot of the women listening are either stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home moms who are also working. And I know that this is an issue from researching you that can really affect women in their careers as well, even though that may not be something that is top of mind when you first kind of think about this. Um, But how is this, what do we know about how this is affecting women in work environments and in careers?
1: It really does it really does, because what, as we mentioned right at the start of our of our conversation was that these are not just physical issues if you 've got for example, if you 're worried you 're going to pee yourself, if you 've got prolapse symptoms if you 've got pelvic discomfort bearing down heaviness discomfort, if you 've got any of these issues around uh, around pelvic floor, pelvic core doesn't feel good not working sometimes hurts you feel you can't trust it if you've got that stuff going on it is very hard to be present or focused or productive in a, in a work environment what you've got then is a situation where not only is that presence and focus very hard but it's it's embarrassing it's awkward it's difficult um, these issues come with a lot of shame they come with a lot of secrecy and so quite clearly these sort of issues this is not like having a broken ankle at work you know if you've got a broken ankle at work you can't walk up the stairs maybe and your ankle hurts this is affecting everything this is affecting Dignity and function at every level. It's also affecting your relationships and your intimate relationships at home. So, of course, it's going to impact on our ability to be our best selves in whatever professional or other environment that we're that we're trying to be. We did a lot of um, research and and we've we, we've been quite active in this area. Certainly, of course, through the current current situation, but around how pelvic health is mental health pelvic health affects mental health a astonishing and depressing if you like number of women will say that they have wet themselves at work in the last week that they've wet themselves at work more than once a day now if we've got those sort of issues that is affecting your your productivity your focus and your your happiness and 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 comfort in, in all levels. So it really is as much an issue for whether the workplace, whatever the workplace looks like for you, as much as it is at home or socially. These are mental health issues and and really should be given that that gravitas and that priority in terms of how we treat them.
0: And another thing I could see being an issue, especially right now, is this is kind of an unusual time as far as navigating these things, especially postpartum. Um, just there's a reduction in face-to-face visits with a lot of practitioners. Obviously, when you have a baby, you still are face-to-face with your doctor. But I know in different areas, this kind of varies how people have access to these different kind of tools. Um, this is also the reason I was so excited to have you on because this is a system that helps address this for women anywhere in the world. But are we seeing specific issues related to people having not as much access to face-to-face practitioners right now?
1: Yeah, we really are. We really are. So all of those support networks that that may be available to us or are hopefully available to us throughout pregnancy and in the early postpartum period, as you say, everybody's sort of situation is different right now, depending on where in the world you are. But but lockdown, pandemic, the current situation has meant that many of these support resources have been limited or unavailable to women. So that, that means... Um, in the pregnancy period and in the late and in the actual birthing process we 've had um, issues in the UK especially with birth partners not being allowed in the room. Women are giving birth alone or by alone I mean with their medical caregivers for sure, but without their partner without their birth partner they're attending antenatal appointments um, anxiety induced in difficult sensitive times an antenatal appointment that might involve a scam that might, heaven forbid, involve being told that your baby is not going to make it. Women are in that situation alone. So this this current situation has meant that many really important phases of, of pregnancy and birth and labor um, have not had that personal support that advocacy that, that that is so important during that time and then of course that that continues afterwards so the appointments that one might have the ability to go to groups where you would get support and validation and and comfort from other women going through the same process as you are so much of that has been taken away in some cases women may not even be able to see family they may not be able to see friends and family as well so the process of birthing and being a new mum during this current time has really had a massive impact on on the mental health of mums because there 's just so much that, that they 're simply having to cope with and deal with and and figure out all by themselves and without support so yeah it 's been a very difficult time um, for mums across that whole that whole journey. The support that we maybe took for granted. During that new mum period as well, is it's just not there, and it's a very scary time, especially for a new mum. There's so many unknowns, so many questions. So to not have somewhere that you can go and confidently get not just there's kind of two parts to community and support. There's the element that is. Other women, other people going through what you're going through that understand it, that get it, that, that are there with you and can support you and hold you. But equally, there's that, that access that we need to expert support, to real answers to our questions, to our concerns and our worries. And both of those networks have been, have been massively reduced, if not literally just taken away right now. So it's tough for mums right now.
0: So let's talk a little bit about solutions. It seems like in light of all of that, there's probably a multi-phase approach for women in finding solutions during this phase. I would think starting with a partner being like you would want your partner on board and in your corner for sure. But can you walk us through how women can get their partners as an ally in this and then how to build that support in the ways that are possible right now beyond just a partner?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, of course, what, what we're all turning to in many, many ways throughout this process is more and more digital support. Um, and that's exactly what we do at Mooted System, which is to offer both that community in the sense of validation support and camaraderie and friendship and and support and community in that sense, but also expert answers to your questions. So we were asked at the beginning of um, of March 2020, um, beginning of the lockdown in the UK um, last year, we were actually approached, I was approached by um, one of the university hospitals in this country by the women's health physiotherapy department. Now, so these the, uh, women's health physical therapists often referred to in the US or physios, the issues that, they, that, these, that these experts, these medical professionals deal with are around um, pelvic floor issues, prolapse issues, painful sex, diastasis recti, all of those issues around core and pelvic floor. Now, the, the, the physios approached myself and, and Mutu saying, look, we can't see our outpatients right now. So we have new mums, that, that are on a are, are on a, on, a, on a schedule following a diagnosis for, for one of these issues and we literally can't see them can you get help to them at home so that's exactly what we did so we worked with this hospital throughout last year um getting at home support so what this is what we provide which is that at home guidance talking you through step by step those vital foundational stages of core and pelvic floor recovery but backing that up with ongoing always there digital community and answers to your questions so it's it's not where you can't get that in-person support you can always log in to the motor system community and get not only that support from all those tens of thousands of other women and moms but also from experts who can answer your questions and help and guide you and I'll make sure of course that the link is in the show notes I know you guys
0: have a special page set up just for the people listening to this podcast and it's a twelve-week program, and you kind of walk through all of the explanation. What kind of expectations can women have going into this? Because I know there's going to be people listening, ranging from veteran moms who have teenager, even grown kids, who maybe still have remnants of these issues, or moms with those babies in that zero to six-week phase and everything in between. What kind of results do you guys see with people once they start actually addressing things and going through the course? Sure.
1: So um, as you say, that the zero to six six weeks to to think that we can get everything back in that time is, is craziness and also it goes on a lot longer. I think probably the most often asked question that I have had over the years and we still get is, am I too late? am I too late to make a difference? So my first thing would be, I would want to reassure um, women listening to this, that whatever stage you are at as a mother, as a woman, wherever you are in your journey, it's not too late. And if you are dealing with these issues as a brand new, as a, as a brand new mom, or as a mom of toddlers or teenagers, or you're a grandma, you can make a difference. You can make a difference to to your pelvic health, your pelvic muscle health, and your core health. So that would be my first reassurance. No, it's never too late. Um, something we are asked a lot. And in terms of what you can expect is you can absolutely expect um, to see improvement in function and both function and aesthetics. And the reason I kind of bring both of those two things up is because often we are, we, we're sort of led to believe we, through our social media feeds, etc., that post baby exercise, whatever you want to call it, is all about how your body looks to the outside. And it's really not. It's really not. Dignity, function matters a lot more. And what I mean by function here, what I mean is that your body functions the way you need it to. It holds in pee and poop when you need it to hold hold them in. It means that when you lift your child or when you lift your groceries or whatever you're lifting, when you twist and turn and lift and push and pull, your core is stable and strong. Um, it means that intimacy that sex that is is a comfortable and enjoyable and fun experience it means that your orgasms are going to work all of those things that's function that's like that's that we deserve all that stuff you know and that that to me is so much more important than than those washboard abs or, or whatever so that's not to say that aesthetics aren't important to many women, and that's absolutely, um, I, I often refer to the aesthetics as a, as a, as a happy byproduct of moody system. Um, we very much focus on function and, and, and everything working the way it's supposed to, and, um, the, 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 sort of aesthetic or how you look improvements are, as I say, a a, a nice byproduct, you would expect to see in the first four to six weeks of doing Mousu system, you will feel different. Without question, you will feel different. You will start to feel more stable. You will start to feel more controlled and comfortable in your core and pelvic floor and to start to see real differences um, in Uh, whatever symptoms you're dealing with so whether that be peeing yourself or whether that be prolapse symptoms or painful sex all of those things we have we have now from this hospital we worked with last year clinical trial proving an absolutely phenomenal improvement across all those physical symptoms as well as the mental health symptoms around actually feeling better and feeling like you've got your self-esteem back and your self-confidence back. So you'll start to feel that stuff definitely within four weeks of starting. We, it is, as you say, a 12-week process, but it's also one that is not always linear. And many women come back to it many times, dip in and out once they've completed it. So it really is a foundation for you to keep your core and pelvic floor working, feeling, looking the way you want them to and the way you deserve for them to.
0: I know from my personal experience, I started kind of doing these movements when I had, I'm going to probably butcher it because I've only heard it written versus said, but um, is it diastasis or diastasis recti? <laughs> <laughs> I think people get what I'm talking about, but I had that, I've um, after, especially after my C-section and I also just felt like I had a real lack of core strength. It was almost like the muscles weren't totally firing in the right way in my abs and Before I started jumping into like a pretty intense workout program, I wanted to make sure I had addressed those core things so that I was safe when I started lifting weights and sprinting and those exercises that you mentioned at the beginning. And for me, it was very much functional. I wanted to be able to move with my kids. I wanted to be able to try new things and climb things and jump over things. But the happy byproduct, like you said, was that it almost works like I felt like a little bit like a corset, like it tightened all of my core muscles and helped what I thought was going to be permanent like kind of loose skin in my lower stomach after a C-section. Um, not that it, there, I mean, there's still a C-section scar, but it really helped kind of even out and tighten those muscles and that skin. And I also very much one not to think that our bodies need to look like they did pre-pregnancy. I'm very proud of my stretch marks and my C-section scar and the things that brought my children into the world. But I feel like I have a much more functional core now after doing these movements. And the aesthetics, like you said, they're a byproduct, but a very happy one to get to kind of feel like I just like tightened my waist, which I think is also a struggle for a lot of women after having a baby.
1: It is. And you're absolutely right to be proud of your of your tiger stripes and, and, and the way our bodies look after we after we've done this. But as you say, diastasis recti, doesn't matter how you say it, <laughs> diastasis recti or abdominal separation, what that refers to is when the rectus muscle, so your your six-pack muscle if you like, parts, separates in the middle. And so what you have is a is a gap. It's often referred to as a gap. Now when you are able to heal that and and strengthen those muscles in the right way again, as you say, that does indeed have the effect of of tightening of tightening your waist from the outside as well. But what it actually means from a functional point of view is when you've got that separation, there will be some lack of core function and strength underneath. And so, because, and and that feeling, as you described of, of feeling unstable and when you could, narrow that gap and, and, and get that healed and strong again, that's when you not only felt more stable and strong, but also felt um, that you were able to sort of, um, to, to narrow your waist, tighten your tighten your waist again as well. So yeah, that, that area around diastasis is a really important one. It affects how our tummies look and it affects how our core works. Um, so to work on those symptoms and issues right as a foundational stage. And remember that that our core includes our pelvic floor. So when we're talking about abdominal exercises and ab exercises, that means abs, pelvic floor, lower back. It's that whole region that we're talking about strengthening and it's so important to build that so that you can go on and do all the other things that you want to do.
0: Absolutely. And like I mentioned, the link is of course in the show notes because it's a long link. It's easier to, t- to click on than to say out loud, but those are at wellnessmama.fm for any of you guys listening. And like I said in the beginning, I think, I think there's so many things related to pregnancy and birth and postpartum and miscarriage and just aspects of being a mom that we don't really talk about. And I think when we have these conversations and when we normalize it, it empowers us to all be able to improve and to get help. And like you said, to build that community, which is such an important thing. And I've realized that more and more, especially even this past year when community has gotten so much more difficult for so many women. And so I love that you brought this extremely tangible option to people who are struggling to find Real answers and real support postpartum especially in such a strange time and like I said I think if we just keep having this conversation we can help so many women and be, both be proud of our postpartum bodies and also still have the ability to do all the things we want to do as our kids get older and um, there's so many fun things to do with them. This podcast is sponsored by Flying Embers a better for you alcohol brand that brews hard kombucha with probiotic powered hard seltzer all of their products are zero sugar zero carbs usda certified organic and brewed with live probiotics and adaptogens they're also all keto gluten-free vegan and low in calories so they're a great option for a functional low calorie drink that is delicious i love their flavors they have some really unique ones like grapefruit thyme and guava jalapeno and i'm a big fan of their clementine hibiscus. All of their products are artfully crafted with a dry fermentation process, which gives the hard kombucha a perfectly balanced natural sweetness that tastes amazing despite having zero sugar and carbs. We've worked out an exclusive deal just for you. Receive 15% off your whole order. To claim this deal, go to flyingembers.com forward slash wellnessmama and use code wellnessmama at checkout. That's F L Y I N G. E M B E R S dot com slash wellness mama. And the discount is only available on their website, will be applied at checkout. Um, they're also available nationwide at grocery stores, anywhere you find beer and hard seltzers. But check out where to find them and get the discount flyingembers.com forward slash wellness mama. This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley. They are my go-to source for grass-fed, probiotic-rich beef sticks, and now some of my favorite supplements as well. I always keep their beef sticks on hand for my kids and for me for snacks, and now I make sure that we're never without their vitamin C complex as well. It's made with three of their most concentrated natural sources of vitamin C, amla berry, kamu camu berry, and unripe acerola cherry. Each Nutrient-packed serving delivers 750% of your daily recommended intake of vitamin C from food sources. This amount is meant to help you thrive, not just survive with the recommended minimum. Most other vitamin C supplements are derived from GMO corn and only contain one fraction of the vitamin, ascorbic acid. Their essential C-complex contains the entire spectrum of vitamin C with absolutely no synthetic vitamin C at all, just organic food-based superfoods. Check it out and check out all of their products. Save 15% on all of them by going to paleovalley.com slash mama. Again, that's P-A-L-E-O, B-A-L-L-E-Y.com slash mama M A M A to save 15%. A little bit of a deviation. I love to ask at the end, toward the end of interviews, if there is a book or a number of books that have had a dramatic impact on your life or been inspiring to you, and if so, what they are and why.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. So many books. Um, I think I would probably have to name up front um, Brené Brown. Well, pretty much anything by Brené Brown, actually. But um, Dare to Lead, especially. Um, Brené Brown is, a, a, a to, in terms of her advice and insights around courageous leadership, and I, I, I don't just mean leadership. Of my team and of my business although obviously that that's a vital part of what we do but as leader or 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 caretaker if you like of such a big community of women which is to understand that the importance of vulnerability and courage during that my my birth stories my story is so integral to why i made Mutu system and that Sharing of those stories and sharing of that vulnerability, I think, is so important. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to put Brene Brown at the top. I think I second that.
0: Yeah, pretty much anything she's written. I think she's also one that has brought some really important conversations to the forefront and helped a lot of people by normalizing conversations about things that before were just not talked about nearly enough. Um, and she's got great TED Talks as well. Make sure I link to her books in the show notes that people can find them. And then lastly, like I said, the link will be in the show notes, but any starting points for people listening on where to jump in if they are struggling with incontinence or they have pelvic pain or pain during sex, where's the best starting point? Um, Of course, I'll put the link to your site, but I know you guys have so many resources available.
1: We, We do, we do. And I think the first stage is, do you know what, I think the first stage is a mindset shift, you know, because we are, we live in a culture, we are in a culture where we are told and taught that we need to do battle with our body, that we need to exercise it, work it out into some kind of submission, that, it, that, that our body has somehow failed us. You know, if it's leaking, if it's hurting, if it's not feeling stable, then our body has failed us in some way. And, and, and I want to say right up front that that is not the case. And the, the most important message I give is that carrying... Birthing, raising small humans is hard. It's really hard. However you did it, and whatever your journey looks like, you're doing great. And if your body is giving you signals, and that's what these things are, okay, if you're, if you pee yourself sometimes, or that feels uncomfortable, or you have pelvic pain, these are signs, these are signals, your body is telling you, this is not strong enough right now to do what you're asking me to do it's not connected enough to function in the way that you need it to so instead of pushing on through instead of a painkiller or a pad what we need to be doing is backing up and building foundations so your starting point should be to be kind to yourself in terms of your body has not failed you your body has done an amazing incredible thing and right now it needs some help to reconnect And restore and start to get strong. And if we jump that piece, if we skip that piece and we go straight to, oh, my tummy doesn't look how I want it to, so I need to do ab exercises. That means I need to crunch or plank or whatever it is. I need to run. I need to lose weight. I need to. If we jump to those things without building those foundations, not only are we doing our our body and ourselves a a disservice, but we're not going to get the results that we want. So, it's about starting where you are and starting with foundations. And it doesn't matter how long you stay there and you will keep revisiting there. I often refer to core and pelvic floor restorative work as like cleaning our teeth. You know, we don't, we don't clean our teeth every day for a week or, or for a month and then sort of say, OK, that's me done. My teeth are clean. I'm done. Well, our core and our pelvic floor function is, is just like that. It, it's something we keep doing. So we keep revisiting it. And, we, and we, we learn it as a foundation and then we weave it in to our, to our daily life, to our activity, to any other workout or exercise we may, we, we, we may want to do. So it is a mindset shift. It's about kindness. It's about self-care. And it's about acknowledging and understanding that those foundations are the most important thing we can do for our bodies. And that everything else that you want it to do or look like or perform like, that can come afterwards. But this is why we stop.
0: I love that. I think that's such a metaphor for so many aspects of health as well. I had that same mindset for years when I was trying to recover from thyroid issues and was struggling to lose weight. And I kept trying to like punish my body thin and exercise more and deprive it of food. And what I've learned, I think, is a lesson for women across so many and for everyone across so many different areas is you can't punish yourself healthy, and you can't like be harsh with yourself in the moments when you need actual recovery and to rebuild and to nourish and to strengthen from the inside out. And I, that lesson of acceptance for my body was so key for me. And I think it's a struggle I and a big adjustment, especially when we're talking about new moms. I know that was a, a big mindset shift I had to go through, like you mentioned, and I think a lot of moms have to go on that inner journey. And it's it's a lifelong one as well. Like you said, it's not a thing we do for eight weeks and then we're fine. It's a thing we incorporate with any aspect of health. It's a thing we incorporate into our daily lives so that we can build over time these healthy habits and they just become integrated in our lives. And I think this is such an important one for so many women and not just women who have had kids I know that's been our focus in this episode but I also know from your resources that women and men struggle with this even if they haven't had babies and there are other things that can cause pelvic floor issues and incontinence as well like I said we've focused on postpartum but can you speak a little bit to this also being able to help women who just maybe have pelvic floor issues or incontinence
1: Absolutely. It's very much something that is either side of or, or um, separate to the, the motherhood journey for sure. So as we start to get older and we head into perimenopause and then into menopause, our hormones are changing. And what will often happen um, is, that, is that women will start to have or, or experience or notice uh, pelvic floor issues, for example, um, or painful intercourse issues as they get older. Um, so again, this is about hormonal changes, and the the solutions are the same. The solutions are the same around self care and foundations, and and really connecting with the pelvic floor. It comes to all of those all of those other aspects that I know you 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 talk so beautifully about uh, uh, all those other things in our lives that support our hormone balance, about nourishment, about hydration, about great nutrition, about getting enough sleep and enough rest um, and and eliminating as much as we are able to, sort of that stress and anxiety from our lives. All of those things are helping with our our hormonal balance before you even get into sort of supplements or anything else. So it's kind of, and, and so those issues around hormone changes and physical changes that come with that, um, we, we are always somewhere on that journey. A woman's body is changing throughout its monthly cycle, as well as throughout our lives. Um, it, it's not a static thing. A woman's body is always evolving and changing and its needs are changing. So these, these issues around or, or, or these needs around pelvic health sexual health core health they are for a lifetime and to go sort of to the other end of the scale it's it's important that we that our daughters understand their pelvis their pelvic floor what it does what it's supposed to feel like what it feels like to to, to do pelvic floor exercises all of these things so it, it really is a, a lifelong process and the more that we understand that and can build those those connections and foundations rather than shutting off from areas of our body that may be maybe we don't understand or we don't feel good about. It's so important to, um, to, to kind of start that empowering process of really understanding what's going on down there. What's going on through our monthly cycle? What's going on when we're pregnant? What's going on when we give birth? What's going on as we, as we head into, into menopause? And the more we understand and acknowledge, I, I strongly believe the more empowered we are to, 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 to keep that, that, that strong, connected foundation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I'll make sure all the resources that we have mentioned are linked in the show notes at wellnessmama.fm. So you guys check those out. There's a special link just for listeners of this podcast. If you struggle with any of these issues, I've used this system in the past. And like I said, I noticed not just functional changes, but aesthetic changes as well. And I'm so grateful that there are resources like this. And I'm so grateful that we have this conversation and that we're bringing these issues up so that other women can benefit. And Wendy, I'm grateful for your time today. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having
0: me. And as always, thanks to all of you for listening, for sharing your most valuable resource, your time, your energy with us today. We're so grateful that you did. And I hope that you will join me again on the next episode of the Wellness Mama podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time. And thanks as always for listening.